Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and blessings, and welcome to another installment of the Gist of Freedom is Faith. This show is produced by acclaimed historian, educator, and author Leslie Gist, and serves as our weekly live online discussion to celebrate the African American experience by honoring all the people, past and present, black and white, who, with faith and focus, are preserving our rich history through literature, the arts, the skilled trades, and the humanities. We thank you for joining us tonight, and we'd love you to be a part of tonight's discussion by calling in with your comments or questions to 347-324-5552. Hello. Okay, this is Leslie Gist. We're live in New Brunswick with Dr. Ishmael. Dr. Ishmael, would you be so kind and introduce yourself? Hello, Leslie. Hi, this is uh, Dr. Ishmael Griffin. It's so nice to be with you this evening. Yes, so uh, it's. Uh, I understand that the topic today is uh, Ebola, and it's the uh, most uh, pertinent topic uh, it's been in the news much recently, and it's a cause of much concern for many uh, citizens across the United States and, more importantly, across the world and certainly on the uh, mother continent of Africa. Great, great. Um, so just tell us, I know that you are an emergency room doctor uh, right in the heart of little Liberia. Explain the area and the community when we say Little Liberia, and why is that important um, to the uh, to the community as far as the Ebola epidemic. Well, well as you know, Leslie, um, there are many different uh, communities in New York City. Uh, there just so happens to be a small community of uh, Liberian Americans that live on Staten Island. Um, I uh, work in a hospital that is located on Staten Island. But one of the things to remember about Ebola is that it's not specific to any one community. I think um, one of the misperceptions of this uh, endemic is that it is an endemic of people, not necessarily Liberians or Nigerians or people from Georgia or from North Carolina. And um, with any uh, disease endemic, it starts off somewhere. But the important thing to remember is that we stay away from uh, labeling any one group of people. Uh, for, in fact, Liberia itself as a country is a very large area, and much of West Africa is a very, very large area. So um, I tend to want to just look at its impact on people and stay away from any uh, classification of uh, this uh, problem in one group of people lest we stigmatize one group of individuals or one nation. Okay. What precautions um, have your your hospital has taken, and have you seen uh, any panic from any particular people uh, from that from your community? Well, it's hard to tell um, if there's any uh, panic amongst people. I, I'm an emergency physician, so I uh, I deal with uh, crisis situations on a daily basis. Um, I'm not um, really aware of uh, what people's baseline fears are. I live, uh, of course, in an environment where there's infectious risk every day that I work. Um, It's been a lot in the news, and the news has um, 
really uh, pretty much given a fair account of what Ebola is. Uh, but the most important thing about the Ebola virus is to know that uh, the precautions for Ebola are really the treatment. Uh, really, the precautions for Ebola are to stay away from human um, materials, body materials such as uh, uh, feces, urine, uh, blood, of course, and or any body secretions. It is not an airborne disease, although there's been some reports that it might transform into an airborne disease. But as of yet, um, the CDC and, and the World Health Organization has not classified it as being spread airborne. So for the most part, uh, with Ebola, uh, the basic precautions that we use in most hospitals in the United States are suffice to contain the infection. Um, as most uh, infections go, viral infections, that is, it, is, it has a, a course which, which goes over weeks to days. And as it impacts the individual, it may vary. For example, someone who's elderly and infirm or someone who's young who has an undeveloped immunocompromised system or any other individual with an un undeveloped immunocompromised system, the effects of this virus will be greater. Excellent response. Could you... Could you um, tell us about CNN? The CNN uh, did come to your hospital, correct? Yeah, CNN came to Staten Island University Hospital, and there was a uh, interview done, and uh, it was a fairly good interview and fairly accurate in terms of the hospital's response to Ebola. Um, it, it, it again, it reemphasized the things that we know: uh, hand washing. Uh, appropriate isolation precautions for patients with uh, Ebola. Uh, it, it, it spoke about those kinds of things. And I think the thing that I liked about the CNN uh, interview was that it didn't over-sensationalize this uh, uh, epidemic. And what it clearly said was that it is not a disease of any one group of people, but that pretty much any place where there are worldly travelers, there are major airports and people coming in and out, uh, there's a risk of transmission or having individuals who may have traveled and had contact with anyone else who has been in con who has a, 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 a active or, or a Ebola illness. Okay, um, excellent response again, uh, Doc. You're making this a um, a very informative interview, and I appreciate it. Um, but now let's talk about history. A lot of people, conspiracy theorists, and I'm a historian, you know, self-proclaimed historian, and a lot of people are saying that this Ebola thing is something that is given to the Africans. And um, we look at previous um, diseases such as the, the syphilis with um, the Tuskegee experiment. And this is... Uh, really heightened because you look at the African who came to the United States. He just recently uh, died. And, you know, we looked at the white people who had contracted it, and they survived. So a lot of people are saying that this is just another form of genocide. So what do you have to say about that? Wow, that's a very difficult one. Uh, as far as conspiracy theories, um I really, um, as a practitioner, like to focus on ways in which um, uh, this epidemic or any others can be uh, approached and treated. And, you know, from the perspective of an emergency physician, causality uh, really uh, is a secondary thought. 
Uh, and it's nice to be able to sit back and think about what caused something, uh, and that's fine. But uh, I, I practice in the here and now, and I like to think about the ways in which we can keep people well and treat them. Um, we have some examples from uh, the AIDS epidemic. While there are many different theories about how HIV was introduced uh, and how it, it came to be, the fact of the matter are now and today that there are effective treatments for HIV that are life-sustaining. Uh, and um, we, we should learn from that in the sense that um, what's most important for us now is that it can be approached. There are therapeutic modalities to treat it. Uh, and I think that that should be very instructive with us when it comes to Ebola. I am confident that there will be effective treatments to Ebola. Uh, Ebola is not uh, a disease which kills everyone. There are people who have known to survive through an Ebola incident. And I think that what I'd like to do from uh, my vantage point is to stay uh, focused on ways in which we can prevent and treat, uh, prevent and treat. Wonderful. Now, we have a caller on the line. Um, let's have the caller on. Uh, 917, are you there? Yes, yes, yes. And I actually just have one question for Dr. Ismail. Um, I recently um, heard that there was a, a research done in 1985, somewhere in the 80s, about AIDS and Ebola um, being a man disease. Um, did you hear anything about that research that was out in, in 1985? And is Ebola um, now prevalent? Are people aware of it now? And has it been around for for years? And we're just not finding out about it. And yeah. I, well, yeah. Can you repeat that? The first um, part of your question. I just, yeah, I recently heard that there was a research out that was done in 1985 about Ebola and AIDS. Um, being a, a man-made disease, and also um, can you speak on, um, I'm just finding out about Ebola, you know, from the news, but how long has the, um, how long has it been an awareness, you know, we're just finding out about it? Yeah, you know, both uh, Ebola and HIV are not new uh, viruses, and um as far as we know, both HIV and Ebola uh, can be traced back uh until at least the uh, about the 1920s or so uh, in uh, Central Africa. Um, as far as it being man-made, um, I'd like to use an analogy. Um, what's not man-made is its impact on the body. Uh, what's not man-made is the result of it on the body. Um, so, again, for me as a practicing clinician, um, it's best to focus on um, uh, the things that really are life-sustaining. And it's really important, really, to get this, because I think that a lot of people, you know, sometimes we, 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 um, we focus on the thing that is not preventative or curative. For example, with HIV, if there was less focus on how HIV was introduced, or if it was, and more on ways of preventing uh, the virus or preventing the effects of the virus, or for, or for that matter, Ebola, we'd be a lot farther. Um, it's really interesting that um, amongst circles of, of those who tout the man-made uh, etiology of these diseases, these are also groups that are most times not really adherent to or not really cognizant to effective treatments 
for uh, HIV, for example, although there's limited treatments for Ebola. And so I think from uh, if you if you look at it from the vantage point of oppressed people, which is where we usually start from when we frame those kinds of questions, it's important that oppressed people learn to um, survive above any challenges. And so what I how I like to put it is if your thought is that it's man-made, then respond to it as if it's man-made. If your thought is not man-made, respond to it in a way in which you protect yourself. Either way, the result of, on your actions is going to be the same. Um, and so I, th- I think it's very useful to approach it that way. It's very useful to approach it that way because that's the only way you can really approach it. That's the only way, you know, there's an appropriate response to it. So, um, uh, you know, I'm an African-American physician, and I come out of the African-American tradition. I understand that in uh, my historical past, my relatives, that we suffered a lot, and there were things that were really done to us unjustly. Uh, and I And I come from an overcoming mentality. I can't really focus on those things that were detrimental to the upward movement of African-descended people in the United States, but I have to put my mind on the things that are reparative and curative in the here and now. You understand what I'm saying? Yes, I do. Now, um, if they were to come out with a vaccination, like they have the flu shot, and because of our history as black people, we're a little bit distrustful of the government and different things they need to, and you know, even with children getting vaccinated, you know, what what would you say to people who who are a little, you know, leery of having a vaccination or taking a pill or anything of that nature to prevent um, Ebola or any other sort of diseases? Well, I say, you know, education is key. Educate yourself. Um, it's important to be able to ask the question. It's important to be able to verbalize the skepticism if it's there. It's your right uh, to understand any treatment that you receive, any preventative modality that you receive. I think the difference between now and the era in which the syphilis experiment was conducted was that those people didn't know. They didn't know that these kinds of uh, ill experiments could be done. And now that we're in an era where we do know and we're informed, we stay on top of it. So, for example, with the flu vaccine, um, I wonder how many people who offered a flu vaccine really ask the question of what is the true incidence of side effects from the flu vaccine and actually have their uh, their hand on the literature to understand better what that means. And I think that in as much as we inform ourselves now, that it reduces the anxiety, the anxiety that comes out of the historical legacy that we have lived uh, with the, such things as the syphilis experiment. What's more important for people now, and it's, it extends beyond African-descended peoples in the, in the United States and beyond, is to reduce our anxiety so that we can move to a point of being able to prevent ourselves and, and heal ourselves and take care of ourselves and make ourselves and make 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 ourselves uh, uh, make it to our avail when there are new treatments that help us, because not every treatment that we not every medicine, medicinal product is there really to hurt us. Right. And last question, let's go to the opposite uh, spectrum. For the people who, you know, really embrace medicine and taking a lot of medicines, uh, what do you say to them who are looking for a preventive measure? Because right now there's all over the news that uh, people are popping up, exploiting this um, epidemic and this scare, and they're um, selling products that claim that this is going to keep you from contracting Ebola. So, you know, you know, what do you say to these people 
people are panicking and, and looking for some sort of um, protection. Yeah, what I say, uh, Leslie, is skepticism is good, anxiety is not. Information is good, uh, ill clarity is not. Um, I, in fact, like patients who ask questions. Uh, I see it as a sign of good health. So I'm not I'm not so much worried about the skepticism. I'm not so much worried about the question asking. But what I'm what I'm what I am concerned about is the over anxiety. Um, and again, uh, anyone that tries to sell you a product, and, and I mean this, and, and medicine is a product. It's a product. It's a, there's a sales uh, 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 behind it. You have to ask the question. You know, you have to engage the health process. You have to be able to ask your doctor the pertinent questions. Why am I receiving this pill? What is this pill's side effect? You know what I mean? Um, what should I expect? You know, um, and um, th- that's what I'm, I'm really referring. We have to move to, to that. And for those people that are, that are exploiting people's anxieties, they need to be held to the same standard. Why is this? Does it work? Show me the literature that it works. You know, um, and why is this no more, no more than a financial gimmick? And, and these are tough questions, but it, it should not be perceived as something that's a negative. But it's now the, the process and the way of doing things of an informed, intelligent person and an informed, intelligent population. And, and I really, really, really believe that that's uh, really the way that we have to engage uh, our health and what we and what we buy in terms of uh, getting ourselves better. Okay. Now, as we close, could you give um, the audience uh, some references as far as to learn more about Ebola and, and the CDC and things in general with any type of disease or standing popping up, any, anything? Where is the central location for people to go, if, you know, as far as the CDC? Yeah. Well, the CDC is one source, but the World Health Organization also publishes a lot of data on Ebola. Um, the one thing that I would still stay away from is overly sensationalized media products. Uh, sometimes the evening news isn't the best vehicle to get the uh, accurate information um, uh, or to get the uh, accurate understanding of what you need to do to protect yourself. So, And sometimes it is. I rather like the CNN uh, 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 piece. but And that's not just because I'm, uh, I work at the, the place where that was done, but I really did like it because it talked about prevention. But, yeah, so if you have access to a computer, uh, if you have access to a library, I would really, the major source would be the World Health Organization uh, synopsis of all of these uh, uh, endemics. So the World Health Organization and what they put out on Ebola. And if you look, you'll realize that the World Health Organization had information about Ebola before we had this recent uh, uh, surge in Ebola cases in uh, Western Africa. Well, this has been a great interview. I thank you for coming to the Just a Freedom at a Last Minute's Notice. Um, we really appreciate you. You've been on several times and very supportive for the Just a Freedom. And I just want to thank you again. And hopefully we'll have you on about something more positive. Uh, we don't really want well, to Leslie, about Well, Leslie, thing. you know, this is funny. This is positive. This is good information. It's informing and it's anxiety reducing and it's about health. So all of this is positive. And I thank you. I thank you for inviting me again to the Gist of Freedom. And until next time. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye.